Hey, welcome to Playing for Keeps, the show where we take a deep dive into emotional intelligence, sex, love, adult attachment theory, mental health, therapy, and everything in between that creates great relationships. Your host, DJ, is a certified life coach and emotional intelligence practitioner. She's here to be of service to all the listeners interested in love and relationship. Now, here's your host, DJ. Hey guys, this is DJ with Playing for Keeps, and today I have Angela joining us, and we're going to discuss attachment theory and how she became a secure attachment from an anxious attachment. Thank you, Angela, for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, DJ. Nice to meet you, and nice to give me the opportunity to break my routine in quarantine to actually have something to talk about and look forward to the conversation. Awesome. I'm grateful that you were able to come on today and just give us your insight. There's a lot of people who suffer from anxiety and anxious attachment when they're in relationships. So to find somebody who was able to move from anxious to secure is amazing. So no, thank you for coming on. Could you tell us about a person who has anxious attachment, how they would act in a relationship? We really want to be in relationships. And then when we meet somebody who kind of clicks, like ticks our boxes, we get so preoccupied about, oh my God, are they red flags? Oh my God, is he into me? Oh my God, is he pulling away? Oh my God, what's the future? Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And we freak ourselves out instead of actually taking things slow and enjoying the relationship. We kind of get preoccupied or anxious about the future of the relationship and how long it's going to last as opposed to actually taking a deep breath, enjoying the relationship. Would you be able to kind of tell us a little bit just about your journey? Like what made you realize, okay, I need to figure out why I'm so anxious in relationships? I think two main things. I think the fact that my relationships didn't last that long and they usually ended because the guy would communicate that I think I cannot give you what you need. Or basically the insinuation was that I wanted too much out of the relationship than what the guys could offer. And I think it was also fueled by my friends who would reinforce that, no, what you need and what you feel is valid. He should be treating you like a princess. He should treat you like a queen. He should put you on a pedestal. It was this dichotomy from my friends. They're telling me, it should look like this. He should do this. He should act like this. And then I became so preoccupied with that, that the behavior I exhibited in my relationships was more that the guy was like, hmm, maybe I'm not able to give her what she needs. So it was during that time that I started really trying to figure out why do I always feel, number one, that the guy has to act a certain way? And why do I always have to feel I need my friend's validation. And for me to start asking those questions was through therapy, through therapy that I came to realize that, oh, wait a minute, there's something that's off because I always feel off base whenever I'm in a relationship. Everything starts on good, but then when I start putting pressure on the relationship and then I get this reinforcement from my friends about my beliefs, it actually blows up in my face more often than not. I also started reading about the runner chaser dynamic online. Like, why is it I'm always chasing in my relationships and the guys are always running? And I came up with two sets of literature. The first set of literature was this book, Attached, 
which outlines attachment theory, and it really resonated. And then the second was this set of literature online about what are known as twin flames, which puts like a spiritual take on the whole anxious, avoidant relationship dynamic. It was then when both sets of literature kind of resonated that I was like, hmm, you know, and also when I took the quiz in the attached book that I was like, oh, okay, so I exhibit these type of tendencies in my relationships. Okay. Thank you for also mentioning those two books. I read Attached and it also resonated with me as far as me being an anxious. Let me ask you this. So something you said when you said the relationships would start off good and then once you started putting pressure on the relationships, that's when it kind of went south along with you talking to your friends to get clarification on Mm -hmm. what you should do. In the beginning of your relationships, Were you the type to go into the relationship kind of like a people pleaser in a way, like trying to make sure that that person was always okay and you didn't say too much about your own needs? Would you say you were that type? And then later on, you push the issue of, okay, you're getting exhausted of keeping up with this certain persona and you want your needs met too? It didn't really happen that way. What it would happen is that the relationships actually started freely and organically And I would then get into my brain between six weeks and three months. Those weeks were the ones where, okay, I've started talking to a guy. We've started dating. I'm now starting to like him. Perhaps it's because I didn't necessarily like the guy the first three weeks. It usually starts when I start saying, wow, this is somebody that I could actually see myself with. It ticks all my boxes. And that's when the pressure starts. And typically that's also around the time that I do tell my friends about it to say, hey, you know, I've been talking to somebody. It's going really great. It's really nice. Is this, is that. And then the questions start. So for me, it was seeking validation a lot from my friends and seeking validation a lot from the guy. Once I had zeroed in on him to say, he ticks my boxes. It's been going really well. Now, where is it going? And that's when I would totally freak out. Got you. Okay. The reason why I had asked you that question was because me, myself, what I am trying to unlearn when I get into relationships with somebody, I really like, I don't say any of my needs. Like I'm trying to fulfill all of their needs. And, you know, I get into the middle of a relationship and I'm kind of realizing like, okay, none of my needs are being met. And then that's when I start pushing and pushing and pushing. And then, you know, but in the beginning, I didn't put my needs out there. I think for me, what happens is that once I get into this anxious bomb and this anxious bomb explodes, I tend to break up with the guy or the guy ends up breaking up with me or he ends up pulling away from me. And then my anxiety is triggered because he's now starting to pull away and then I now latch on. So for me, what you've just described that you put their needs first it comes a little later when, oh, he's really leaving. So now I've communicated my standards and my needs. He's realized that it's not what he wants. And then it's sort of like the second cycle of the relationship whereby I'm now chasing, I'm really trying to latch on. Then I said, okay, you know what? It's okay. That's why I give in to a lot of the guy's needs where it's like now I'm trying to keep him. Now I'm trying to really hold on to make sure he doesn't leave sort of like the second cycle of the relationship. So I would say after the first cycle where everything's going great, everything's going good, 
then I start liking the guy. I start talking to him about my friends and then they fuel the anxiety. And then it's the second part that I'm like, oh my God, he's such a great guy. You're sabotaging it. You try to really grab onto it for dear life so that he doesn't leave. So it's usually that second part that I'm now in this unfulfilling relationship where the anxiety really kicks in. And it's like, I now walk on eggshells. I now tiptoe around the guy. I don't communicate my needs wow. um, because I'm now afraid of him slipping away from that grasp. Got you. Okay. Yeah. That is so interesting. Once you realize that you started going to therapy, tell us a little bit about what direction did you take as far as just improving yourself besides reading those books? Like what actions did you take in your personal life in regards to moving towards a secure attachment? For me, it was like a holistic thing because it wasn't just my relationships per se. The thing about it, it wasn't the fact that, oh, I broke up with a particular guy and then I had to go to therapy. It was more of how come I'm not enjoying my relationships in general? How come I always feel like this anxiety? So I actually went to see a therapist who specialized in anxiety. And then when we started looking at the fact that I'm so anxious all the time, I'm trying to control things all the time, that's when we kind of zeroed in on how it affects my relationships. But from my conversations with her, I suffer from anxiety in general, but then my relationships also trigger that anxiety. So a lot of the changes that I did make was to read a lot of books, which my therapist had given me, it's called cognitive behavioral therapy or something like that. She didn't take me through it, but she gave me resources. One of the things that we talked about is the thing called catastrophizing. So for example, a guy doesn't call you, right? So 10 years ago, you read this book, he's just not that into you, or you watch the movie, it's just not that into you. And you know, it's a red flag when a guy doesn't call you. So you go from a zero to 100 to say, oh my God, it means it's just not that into me. If he was really into me, he would really call me, blah, blah, blah. So because the guy doesn't call you two, three days, all of a sudden you go from zero to 100. So she gave me these worksheets about things called catastrophizing, where you basically have the sky is falling mentality about every single red flag or every single thing that you experience. So she also gave me worksheets on decatastrophizing. It's just a piece of paper which says, hey, what exactly is the event? And then you describe the event. How does it make you feel? Then you write exactly how it makes you feel. Would it matter in two days time? Then you would say, okay, maybe it'll matter a little bit. Would it matter in a week's time? Would it matter in a year's time? So as you kind of like look at it and you say, you know what, in the grand scheme of things, the fact that some guy is not calling me is actually not that big a deal. And then it also gives you like what are known as cognitive distortions, whereby you're putting so much emphasis on one thought to say he's just not that into you. Could the action or could the event be interpreted in another way? What could be alternative interpretations that you could come up with? So you could say, no, he could be busy. Maybe he's traveling. Maybe he doesn't have his phone. Maybe his phone is on the charger. Maybe. He doesn't like me. So it's kind of like you've got 10 other options, but then you're latching on to just that one thought. So it kind of helped me control my thoughts, so to speak. So it's, it's more, I think what helped me is to sort of like try to control my thoughts, try to control my triggers so that I can cope with them when they happen. Okay, yeah. awesome. You gave one example about controlling the situation with anxiety. 
just so we can give a clear picture to people who may be listening and maybe they can pick up on what they could be doing, like trying to control the situation as an anxious attachment or somebody who has anxiety. Could you give a couple of examples of how somebody with anxiety would try to control the situation of somebody who's slipping away? I think for me, if it's like, okay, a guy's not that serious about you if he doesn't call you every day. Mm-hmm. So then your anxiety is triggered if the guy doesn't call you. But instead of just allowing him to be, you then try to fill that communication void by calling him all the time. So it'll be the anxiety is what's causing you to continue calling him. So maybe texting three times in a row or calling him nonstop or maybe lashing out when he eventually calls you instead of being, hi, how are you? I really miss you. Are you okay? You'd be like, oh, so you're not that serious about me. If you're not serious about me, then just leave me alone. So I think it's these behaviors that you exhibit that are fueled more by your fear of losing the guy rather than any caring you have for him. Yeah, just trying to bring reassurance to the situation that it's not your fear. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So you try to gain reassurance by changing the situation but not by talking about your feelings to the person. Because rarely would I actually talk about, hey, when you didn't call me, I felt anxious. I never used to do that. I do that now because I know where the triggers come from, where you can actually sit down with the person and say, hey, you know, when you go two, three days without calling me, it makes me feel really, really anxious. And sometimes I do just need reassurance. I know it's not your job to reassure me, but I do feel anxious. I'm trying to work on it. And I enjoy talking to you. Like, it would be nice if you contact me more often. I felt that when I took that approach of talking about my feelings and what my needs are, my relationships ended up being healthier and better than when I would say, oh, so if you're not going to be calling me for two, three days, you know what, F you, I don't care. It never gave me the results that I wanted. And it makes it even worse because you end up at a point that's even worse off than you were when you were trying to negotiate for him to talk to you more in the first place. That's true. People don't realize that it actually just pushes the person away even more than you just being vulnerable just to a certain degree and honest. It's sad that in today's society that they teach us not to be vulnerable to a certain extent and not let our feelings kind of come out. And I think that's where that kind of comes from. There's a lot of toxic relationship advice online. I'm telling you, there's a lot, like, particularly even, like, online, if you just Google, oh, signs that he's into you or signs that... No, don't be looking for those things. Look at you and the other person. Everybody suffers from their own things. Some people have anxiety. Some people have depression. Some people haven't had good role models in relationships. We need empathy in relationships. It's not just about the other person validating you. So you need to be vulnerable, but not a doormat. It's a balance. A balance act. It's definitely yeah. a balance act. People are not villains for the most part. I think that's one thing that you learn through therapy is that everybody is struggling. Everybody's fighting their own battles. You just need to have some empathy, but at the same time, be able to walk away if a person cannot fulfill your needs. And the only way you can know is by telling them in a vulnerable state of mind, in an assertive way to say, hey, this is what I need from you. And then let them decide. You cannot control somebody. Right. What advice would you give to somebody who 
is struggling with anxious attachment or somebody who struggles with anxiety or a woman who tries to prove her love for a man, like what you just said, learning to walk away when you express your needs and then they don't give you that. But what advice do you give to a person like that who wants to move? I mean, secure attachment, I think that's great, but I believe in more of just being more secure within yourself. That is true. What would you say to a woman that's in that state right now and and that's just trying to figure out what to do in a situation like that? I think what was practical for me, because I mean, yeah, you do read a lot, like, and what you read is so abstract. It's like, oh yeah, you need to become more secure. You need to communicate your needs more. You need to do this, but then they don't give you a practical things that you can do. The practical things that I've done that helped me when I was in an anxious state was to tell myself, you know what, you cannot expect somebody to give you something that you cannot give yourself. So if you want understanding and love and peace of mind, you need to first give it to yourself so that you know what it even looks like. Once you reach that stage, then it will be helpful. And things that I've done for myself to give myself peace of mind Mm -hmm. and to increase my self-esteem, number one is meditation. I find meditation really, 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 really powerful. I've come to a point whereby if I am upset with someone or if I'm feeling anxious, I do not talk to them until I've calmed myself down. So I light candles, I do deep breaths, I do guided meditations on YouTube. If it takes 15 minutes, if it takes an hour, I will not engage with someone when I'm feeling anxious. It's hard, but that's a promise I made to myself that nothing good comes out of having a conversation when you're anxious. So I would tell that woman who is feeling anxious about her relationship to try to come up with a way to calm her anxiety on her own. Because no other person is going to do that for you. Yes, you can find a securely attached partner, but partners are always going to trigger you. So the best way to have a healthy relationship is to be a healthy person yourself and calm your anxiety yourself. And then you can enjoy your relationship as opposed to hoping that the other person is going to be the solution to calm your anxiety. That can work temporarily, but in my experience, you cannot substitute one for the other. Yeah, you can't rely on somebody to help you secure yourself, even if they are a secure attachment, because I think we all kind of dibble and dabble within avoiding anxious and secure. You know what I'm saying? Even if you are quote unquote secure, that's why I say quote unquote, because I don't believe anyone is just a straight secure attachment. It's all about being secure within yourself, knowing yourself and not relying on anybody to validate you. Like you said, once you get to that point, then you can be in a relationship and feel secure within yourself and move. Yeah, because I was in a relationship. So during the time that I was going to therapy, I was in a relationship with a very avoidant guy, but I found out that, hey, you know, there are actually ways to communicate my needs to him. There are ways to communicate in a way that actually did transform our relationship. It didn't work out because eventually I realized I wanted more emotional security than he was able to provide me. But throughout my whole one year, five months going to therapy, I was in a relationship with just one person and he's very avoidant. It's rarely about the other person. But one thing that working on yourself and focusing on your needs helps you to do is that 
now that I'm on the other side of the bridge, I'm not attracted to avoidance anymore. Like once I see a person exhibiting their avoidant tactics, I don't find them alluring as much as I did before. That's great. So you choose healthier partners, the healthier you are too. That's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I have. Did you have any questions or did you want to elaborate on anything else? You know, sometimes it's really good to talk to somebody because it actually clarifies my own journey. That's good to know. So anytime you would like to come on to speak on a relationships or maybe something that happened within one of your relationships, you are more than welcome to come on. Anybody else who would be interested in coming on to speak about anything in regards to relationships, feel free to email me at info at P, the number four, kdating.com. And until next time, thank you for tuning in, guys. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. If you like this podcast, please download and subscribe. If there's anything you would like to talk about in regards to relationships or would like to be a guest on the show to speak on relationships or get advice, you can always connect via social media at Playing for Keeps or email DJ at info at P, the number four, K, dating.com. Thank you for tuning in and bye for now.